Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 243 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett, coming at you from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our awesome merch provider, Design Tree, and tomahawk shades we'll get into our promo codes with those in just a little bit but we are finally joined by one of my favorite twitter follows and favorite humans in baseball uh the one and only alex carr from sb nation's phillies blog the good fight we have an mlb draft to dissect and who better than to get my guy alex carr on the show finally after 242 episodes he has made his appearance on the show what's going on man it's been a long time coming, my friend. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Uh, I'm thrilled with this Phillies draft. I know you are too. Uh, and it's been a long time since the Phillies have gotten rounding applause for how they've drafted from top to bottom. This is true. I mean, I've, uh, I'm one of those people that hasn't exactly been upset with their last probably four drafts. I mean, at the time, I really liked the Hazley pick. I still do. Uh, and that was in what 2017 mm-hmm. uh you know alec bohm is alec bohm we all know uh and then you know bryson stott i was thrilled when he fell to 14 last year so for me i haven't exactly minded the first round picks of the last four years and then of course you know you throw spencer howard in there in 2017 you throw like you know there's obviously been some great success but this draft in particular for recent memory is probably my favorite of the last four at least uh i mean i can't remember a time where i literally had no complaints about any pick and i know we only had four but it's the 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 sentiment remains i'm psyched yeah and it all started with mick abel who we talked a little bit about on our last episode but for him to fall down all the way to 15 i was shocked i know you were shocked i know millions of people were shocked that he fell that far uh, but what do you like personally about Mick Abel and what he's going to bring to the table? Mostly for me, I love the pro comps, and I know those don't mean everything, but when a kid that is you know, an 18-year-old high school pitcher is getting compared to the likes of Steven Strasburg and Justin Verlander, you, you can't not get excited. For me, the, the ultimate thing that struck me about Mick when I was doing my evaluations and things like that was you know, the, the consistent quote that pops up for him is, you know, he's a high school pitcher with a college approach. And I've, I've been, you know, saying that that's my ground to stand on when it comes to, you know, oh, the Phillies picked a high school pitcher. What if he gets injured? I mean, this is a kid that you don't have to worry about overthrowing. He's not trying to prove himself. He knows he's good. He knows what he has. 
And what he has is a vast arsenal, a very advanced arsenal of pitches. You got four seamer, two seamer, deadly slider, and a curveball that we haven't seen yet, but I digress. Um, you know, this is a kid that not only does he have, you know, the velocity, he's got the movement, he's got a little bit of command concerns, but he's 18 years old. There's, you know, every 18 year old is going to have command concerns. Uh, he's got, he's the whole package. I mean, he is very right to be compared to Justin Verlander and to Steven Strasburg. You know, those are guys that, you know, sure they throw up in the triple digits, but come on. Like you're, you're, you're looking at a guy that has an absolutely wipeout slider, an excellent curveball based on the cage videos that I've seen in the Rapsodo info and a, a top percentile fastball. And for me, the, the ultimate comparison is Jack Flaherty. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that is the, the perfect kind of uh, right now comparison because he's, he's got that similar, you know, 95, 97 velocity, that absolutely disgusting slider that fools guys. The great thing about the curveball is it'll keep hitters off balance, changing speeds. Um, I'd love to see him get, you know, a changeup maybe in there, maybe a cutter. I mean, that would be huge. So uh, for me, the thing that I like the most, I think, is that he's a completely rounded package and is 100% the most, if not the best high school arm or overall arm in the draft class. He is 100% the most advanced high school arm. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look at, like we said, the the pro comps are there to get people excited and mm-hmm. then you just look at the tutelage he has and when he was 15 years old this kid's throwing 95 miles an hour that's just yeah. you don't come across that you know each and every day but no, for him to fall to talent. 15 it was it was mind-blowing to me because i know a lot of us on you know philly's twitter were pounding our fists on the table for bitsco and he was there <laughs> as well but when a kid like abel falls you, you can't pass that up. Yeah, no, definitely not. And I mean, he was one of those guys where when I did my, my big boards and my previews, he was one of those guys where I was like, okay, if in some alternate universe he falls, you got to take him. And I, I detailed that very specifically, but I was like, it's not going to happen. But, and lo and behold, it happened. And I was absolutely shocked. And I still, even then, didn't think they'd take him. But, you know, they made the right move. Brian Barber, bless you. Um, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm very psyched. I think he is the real deal. I really do. Now, were you shocked that, you know, it kind of seems like the Phillies let Brian Barber put his fingerprints all over this draft. And, you know, typically we haven't seen the Phillies draft a high school pitcher in a decade. So to see that happen, were you shocked that they actually went the route of drafting a high school pitcher in the first round? Honestly, I'll say no, because I I think when you get a guy like Barber, you know, who has such a track record of success, um, you kind of just have to let him, you know, grab it by its head and, you know, carry it with him. I, I think he was a specific hire that they were because, you know, if you remember, they really were quick to hire Barber. Mm-hmm. I mean, they it was a very quick turnaround. Uh, and I think. You know, when you get a guy that has the reputation he does, you just you let him, you know, do it. He obviously had his eyes on Abel from the beginning. I mean, they I saw a report that they had uh, they FaceTimed with him. Uh, you know, the front office had uh, they, you know, gone to a whole bunch of his exhibitions. They'd gone to, you know, go watch him throw in the cage. So I think 
you know, this was a guy that they really knew they wanted if he had fallen. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure Barber is, is, is not the kind of guy to shy away from a, a risky pick here and there as shown by this, by this draft. And, you know, I think the ceiling here was immense and that was what his, uh, his ultimate pitch was to the front office. And I think they were confident in his ability to get it done. Now, I've seen a number of reports, too, that they're not going to fast-track Mick Abel, which I think is the yeah. smart move. Um, Definitely. In your opinion, though, how long do you think it takes for him to eventually get to the majors? You know, it's definitely shaking up the timeline and the priority of you know free agents that they'll need to look at. Uh, but I think you're looking at a guy that you definitely don't want to hurt himself. So you're not going to make him overwork. You're looking at a guy that he's going to miss a year in the minors this year. I mean, everybody is. Mm -hmm. So that's going to affect the timeline. Um, you know, he is 18 years old. So, and while he has stuff that definitely plays up, I don't want to, I don't want to risk anything with him. So, uh, I'm going to take it as slow and steady as I need to. If I'm, you know, the Phillies front office, uh, if he, you know, if they start him out in, God, I don't know, low A, if we still have low A at that point. If not, he's obviously going to start in rookie ball. Um, but, you know, if they start him out in rookie ball and he's absolutely dominating, you know, I, I don't see a reason to keep him down there. So, you know, it really depends on his performance and how he adapts to the system. But for me, I'm going to say conservatively 2023 or 2024, somewhere in there. So, I mean, we, we could be looking at a potential future playoff top three of Aaron Nola, Spencer Howard, Mick Abel, which Absolutely. is just like <laughs> pump that right into my veins. I would mm -hmm. be ecstatic about that. And, and who don't knows? forget about Zach Wheeler. I was going to say, if Zach Wheeler is Derek Cole. Yeah. When Zach Wheeler's still <laughs> kicking the tires around and, and is your number four, that's pretty crazy. disgusting. <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> I'm excited about Mick Abel. Plus, he passes the name test uh, as a baseball player. Oh on yeah, all fronts. McLean Abel. Just what Come a name! On. What a Come name! Come on. Uh, I also was uh, talking to one of my bosses at work, and he was like, you know, when he goes with his full name, there's a way to mix it around. You got Kane and Abel in his in his full name. So oh lord! It is. Uh, He's throwing stones, baby. Dominant name, <laughs> and uh, it continues with their next pick as Casey Martin falls. What some people say, you know, close to sixty spots from where they expected him to go. A lot of people saying he's Scott Kingery two point oh. Uh, and it's another shortstop where people were like, didn't they just draft Bryson Stott last year? But this is a kid that, again, you can't pass him up when he's on the board. Mm -hmm. What do you like about Casey Martin? Well, to your first point, uh, a lot of people also see Bryson Stott as more of a third baseman than a shortstop. A lot of scouts, a lot of people that I talk to. Um, so getting more shortstop depth is definitely not a bad thing. Also, though, people don't exactly see Martin as a long-term shortstop. He has the speed and he can cover a lot of ground, but I'd probably profile him more as a center fielder uh, just because that speed is so ballistic. And, you know, it's not that he doesn't have a good glove at shortstop, but he's definitely raw. He is very raw, and he made a lot of errors uh, last year, and that worked against his draft stock. That said... I don't think it even came close to affecting him by a 60-spot drop, which is just insane. Uh, in saying that, though, it is to be noted that uh, he did have a steep price tag. Uh, he has the same agent as Russell Wilson, 
Seahawks, Seahawks quarterback. So, you know, he obviously had a, had a tag that people had to meet, but because the Phillies didn't have a second round draft pick, they really didn't have to worry about paying extra for another first round talent, especially at pick 87. So, I mean, with Casey Martin, you're looking at a guy with a very unique set of tools, uh, immense speed. I mean, plus, plus, if not more speed, uh, you're looking at power that has the chance to develop into something more than what it already is. And a pretty crappy plate approach. He swings and misses a lot. He strikes out. Uh, but when he makes contact, it's meaningful. So that's something that they're going to look to fix. It is not always an easy fix. Uh, in fact, it's more often than not a very difficult fix. But when you have a set of tools like Martin does, he's got all four of the tools that you know you want in a five-tool player. He just needs the last one. So it is a boom or bust pick. But if it booms, it's a pretty major boom. And I think the Phillies have the advantage of having, you know, the Jason Ochart driveline guys in their system yep. to fix something like that, where we've seen it time and time again, where Ochart's kind of put his fingerprints on some of these prospects and things have started to turn around, um, which makes me very excited for Casey Martin. Uh, do you think the Scott Kingery, you know, 2.0 tag is accurate? You know, I... It's hard for me to say because you look at this kind of makeup in a player, you know, the speed power combination is very uncommon. So it's hard to compare him to just one player. Um, I was talking with Matt Winkleman. Uh, if you don't follow him, he is the guru of, of, of Philadelphia Phillies prospects. Uh, and he's also my dungeon master in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, <laughs> and he, uh, we, we were talking and, uh, you know, he compares him more to a Jonathan VR type. Uh, where you know the speed is incredible but the plate approach is really crappy uh, and that makes sense uh, but also I don't think that that's a direct comparison mm -hmm. I don't think Scott Kingry is a direct comparison I don't think Dustin Pedroia is I compared him to Alex Bregman I don't think that's very direct I don't think Trey Turner is direct these are all the guys that I've seen uh, somebody threw out Jeff Kent and I think <laughs> I don't oh, think wow. that is accurate at all <laughs> uh, I would love to get a you know 60 70 war player out of Casey Martin but um, you know, I, it's very hard to compare just one player to him because his tool set is so rare. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and going forward, I'm, I don't think I'm going to compare him to anybody. I'm just going to let him, you know, carve his own path. And if he succeeds, you know, I'll compare him to Casey Martin. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with him. Uh, he's probably going to start. I don't even know what organizations will have after the minor leagues deletes like half of them, uh, but it'll probably start somewhere in the A range. And uh, I cannot wait to keep up with him. I mean, that guy is scary. And also uh, for those who uh, know jo Jason Ochart, uh, he and I go back and forth uh, quite a bit. Uh, and we, we, we talk a lot about some of our favorite guys, namely Johan Rojas, uh, who, if you don't know, you will. Yes, you um, will. But <laughs> uh he has been very excited about, I mean, he stalked my Twitter the other day and was just favoriting all of my Casey Martin tweets. He was just like Amazing. favorite, favorite, favorite. Um, so he's, I think he's pretty excited for it. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, like I said, it's a very all or nothing pick, but the all side of that pick is, you know, he, he could be a future superstar. We have no idea, but he really could be. So and fingers crossed. This pick, knock on wood. <laughs> yes, this pick really screamed out to me that like this was 
full autonomy for Brian Barber because he just had oh, yeah. nothing but great things to say about him uh, when he was questioned about, you know, you guys just drafted Bryson Stott last year. He was like, you can't have too much talent. Um, mm-hmm. But this seems like a very big Brian Barber pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, we've seen the Phillies go go risky. Uh, like last year, we saw them go pretty risky at the third round with uh, Jamari Baylor mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, a couple, a couple other guys in there. You could say Eric Miller was a risk. Uh, even though I loved that pick. Uh, but, you know, I think with Brian Barber, he is just that kind of guy. He knows his talent. He knows what he's looking for. He knows that, you know, if a guy with the tools that Casey Martin has drops to 87, of course it's unbelievable that he's there. And why wait? I mean, who cares about the price tag? You don't have a second-round pick to worry about. Just grab him. So they did, and I, I think, you know, Barber really, he did a great job. He did an awesome job with this draft. Then they go with everybody's favorite Dylan Batantis comparison, <laughs> Carson Ragsdale, who what a name. our guy Jack Fritz is a big fan of. Um, I think this pick is a another kind of like calculated risk where he's that big body that the Phillies seem to just love when it comes to a pitcher, but He's he's got stuff, and I think he can turn out to be somebody that surprises a lot of people as a, a fourth round pick. Absolutely, I mean, you look at the Phillies minor league system, and <laughs> I mean, you've got Kyle Young who's seven feet tall. Uh, they just signed uh, Jake McKenna, who's a six foot seven, you know, a six foot seven lefty. They they love their height, and who can blame them? Because height is so projectable. So, I mean, this is a guy that already is boasting 91 to 95 regularly, touches 97. Uh, he has a really, really good two-pitch two mix uh, that strikes out a ton of guys. Uh, so, I mean, the Dellen Batances pick is definitely accurate. I mean, he's got the same arsenal. He's a big, big presence on the mound. And what somebody pointed out to me uh, on Twitter, I cannot remember who it was, uh, I'm sorry if you're listening, uh, but somebody pointed out to me, you know, Brian Barber was present when they drafted Dellen Batanzas, the Yankees, when they drafted him. So, I mean, obviously, you're, you're looking at, you know, Brian Barber being head of scouting and, you know, them picking Carson Ragsdale and you say, well, you know, Dellen Batanzas is definitely an accurate comparison here. And I'm sure that's part of what they were thinking in the draft room at the time. So, you know, I think that is definitely an accurate comparison. And I think I'm pretty excited for uh Carson Ragsdale now I don't know if he's going to be immediately used as a uh, as a bullpen guy but we'll see if he is great if he's a uh, tested out as a starter first all the better so we'll see what happens the only concern for me uh with him is the Tommy John uh obviously he's he's pitched well since having the surgery so we're okay for now but re-aggravating that injury could spell danger so that's something to watch in the coming months and then the final pick uh might be my favorite pick the one and only (laughs) baron radcliffe because oh another name what a name my goodness what a name and a lot of people are you know comparing him to a former first baseman that might have won a championship in philadelphia uh ryan howard um Mm -hmm. but what do you like about Baron Radcliffe? Because I think this kid has a lot of potential, especially with the way that things are looking, that the NL is going to be adding a DH. Totally. Um, for me, it's always a danger to look at somebody and, and, and think immediately that they're 
destined for the DH spot. Um, so I kind of am hesitant to say that, yeah, he's totally a future DH. But when, so I, I said this on, uh, I did a podcast with the UK Phillies guys yesterday and I, I uh, recited the same thing, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, so his power uh, was described to me by uh, people that I know as three different things. Prolific, plus, 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 and monster-like, which is, wow. you know, when you, when, you hear, when you hear guys say that about any tool of any person, that's worth a fifth-round pick. And even though, yes, there are K concerns, and yes, there are approach concerns and things like that. I mean, I tweeted out a video of the guy. He didn't even barrel a ball mm-hmm. up, and he hit the thing like at least 400 feet. And then there's another video going around where he hits a ball 470 feet. And you can say that he's using a metal bat. And you can say that, you know, it's college ball or whatever. A guy with that kind of raw power is worth going for. Even if you see him as a bench bat, even if you see him as a backup, a fourth outfielder, it doesn't matter. When you got a guy with one pronounced tool that is probably in the 70 to 80 grade range, Go for it. So for me, I really, really loved uh, the pickup. And he seems like a really, really nice kid. I mean, he had that exchange with Bryce Harper on Twitter where, you know, he he was fanboying over the fact that Bryce tweeted out a video of him, uh, you know, crushing a baseball. And I think that that's, you know, it's good to to get good people as well as good talents in the system. And what you said about Ryan Howard... I tweeted out uh, on the morning of June 12th, Ryan Howard, fifth round pick of Southwest Missouri State, left hand batter with K concerns coming into the draft, six foot four, 230 pounds. Baron Radcliffe, fifth round pick out of Georgia Tech, left hand batter with K concerns going into the draft, six foot four, 228 pounds. They are two pounds away from each other. If that does not scream Ryan Howard comp, I don't know what would. So I am psyched as all heck about that pick and just the photo that's been floating around of their batting stances i know it's it's obvious that (laughs) that baron radcliffe looks to ryan howard to emulate and it's it's one of the coolest things and like you said about bryce harper too which we'll get into you know for him to reach out to all of the draft picks i thought was you know tip of the hat to bryce harper for just continuing to be the the franchise guy that the Phillies signed him to be last year, not only on the field, but he's integrating himself from top to bottom with the minor league players too. And I think that's just really awesome to see from Bryce. Yeah, he posted on his Instagram story today that he's hanging out with Bryson Stott. I mean Those two it, are like conjoined at the hip. And I exactly. love it. I absolutely It's great. Love it. I mean that's what he's here for though, right? I mean Bryce Harper is more than just a baseball player and a great one at that. But He's, you know, a presence. He is arguably one of, if not the most talked about player in baseball. Now, whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing, who cares? We know as Phillies fans and as, uh, you know, people that pay a lot of attention to the Phillies, we know he's a good dude. We all know that. So, you know, being such a presence in the media and in the game, having that as, as, you know, your main recruiter is huge. So, you know, I think, I think Bryce is just he—he he is the ultimate, you know, kind of veteran presence, quote unquote, that you could ask for. And I say veteran presence because 
he's been in the game since he was 19 years old. I mean, he's been here for nine years now. He knows what he's doing. He's no, he knows what he's talking about. He signed the most lucrative deal in baseball history. So, you know, I think, I think he is the perfect guy to have as your envoy of, you know, come to Philly. So it's great. Now, looking at this draft top to bottom, obviously we know the Phillies got an A++ on the name test on all these guys, but <laughs> looking at this draft and, and looking at it as a whole from Mick Abel to Casey Martin to Carson Ragsdale to Baron Radcliffe, how would you assess Brian Barber's first draft uh, with the Phils? So, because it was only four picks, I know on Twitter I said, you know, directly after the fact, I was like, A+, A+. Uh, <laughs> looking at the fact that they only had four picks, that does work for them, but it also works against them. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's a flat A um, just because, you know, we didn't have six picks like the Tigers did, and the Tigers absolutely won the draft. I mean, they did incredibly. Uh, I don't think they got a guy outside of the top 150 uh, in six picks, which is just insane. Uh, but, you know, I think I think – when you stack them up against the other teams that did have, you know, four to five picks, they definitely were one of, if not the best uh, team with a, with a limited selection. So uh, I definitely, I, I give them an A. I think it was amazing. I think Brian Barber did a great job. Now you've been taking a look at some of the guys that went undrafted as well, that the Phillies been signing. Give, uh, give our listeners a little insight on what you've been able to pick up from the guys they've gotten post-draft. Sure. Uh, So, I have actually put up, let me grab my, my article really quick that I'm currently doing for uh, The Good Fight. And uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there was Jake McKenna, who's a lefty out of Ocean City High School. So he's a Jersey kid. That's great. We love that. Um, he's a he's a six foot seven lefty, uh, which, you know, his, his velocity is middling at the moment, but he's also, remember, he's 18 years old. Uh, he has, you know, a great 12th, six curve. Uh, from what I've seen, he's a little bit robotic in terms of delivery, uh, but you know that is sure to ease out as he, uh, you know, moves through the system and 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 gets the, the big benefit for him here as as a high schooler going directly into an organization is you know he's going to benefit a lot from a professional coaching staff. Um, and while college coaching staffs are awesome, they're great. There's nothing like a major league coaching staff. So I mean, he's going to be working with probably a lot of driveline guys. Uh, on the pitching side, he's probably going to be working with, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, he, who knows, he might work with the upper level guys too. So it's going to be great to see him, uh, you know, kind of as an 18 year old move through the system. And there's a lot of room for growth here. Uh, sure. He's 88 to 92 right now, but I mean, as a six foot seven body and still growing, you never know what's going to come out of that. So really excited to see him. Uh, the second guy they got today was uh, another lefty. Called, his name is Jordan Fowler uh, out of the University of Central Missouri. Uh, he just finished his junior year, I believe. Uh, he's a six foot three uh, lefty who has had some pretty good years, but took a big step last year. Uh, pitched at 2.01 ERA across 31.1 innings, which is pretty good. Uh, and he had, I think, the big draw with him was the uh, the command uh, he had a, he had 29 Ks last year to a measly eight walks uh, which is a very important uh, statistic when you're looking at you know especially an undrafted free agents if you can get a guy with mid 90s velocity that has that kind of command doesn't matter you know it doesn't Absolutely. matter what his secondaries look like if he can dot the fastball that's a guy you want in your system 
Uh, and the last guy who actually just signed maybe about 30 to 45 minutes ago, he just announced it on Twitter, actually, uh, is Sam Jacobsack, uh, a 22-year-old out of Northeastern. Uh, he's 6'5", again, another big body uh, of, a, of a pitcher. Uh, spent most of his career at Northeastern as a reliever, but after a really good stint in Cape Cod, in the, in the Cape Cod Leagues, uh, he was tried, I suppose, as a, as a starter this year, uh, in the COVID shortened season, uh, and he pitched, uh, you know, 22, 24.2 frames, uh, and had a three, six, five ERA, not bad at all. But last year in the Cape Cod league, he had 21.2 innings of 1.66 ERA ball and a 12.5 K through nine. So either way, you're looking at a guy, good fastball, uh, middling secondary, but those can be worked on, uh, overall. I mean, they're one of the more active teams, uh, currently, uh, as of, 505 this afternoon so and those are obviously just the signings we know about i'm sure there have been more uh, and more will surface uh, as the day goes on but for right now that's what we got and i'm very very excited to see them being active and being uh you know asserting themselves in this in this brand new undrafted free agent market absolutely and before we get into more uh phil's talk and overall major league baseball talk I think I think you would benefit from one of our sponsors right here, Mr. Alex Carr. Oh, and that is would I? our friends at Tomahawk Shades. They are doing everything the the way that it should be done. Two brothers from Long Island just had a thought. You know, why am I going to spend an entire week's paycheck on a pair of sunglasses when I can just create my own, sell them for a fraction of the price? Amazing quality, and not only do they have sunglasses, but for people like you and I who are staring at computer and phone screens all the time because we are in the media and writing articles and, and recording podcasts. They've got those blue light plus glasses that I'm currently oh, wearing right this. now. And my eyes feel incredible ever since I started wearing these. I feel like I sleep better because my eyes aren't as wrecked from, you know, just constantly staring at screens all the time. And, uh, you know, you're not paying that that three hundred dollar price tag you would for some of these big name brands. The ones I have on right now, simple thirty five dollars. And our friends at Tomahawk Shades hooked us up big time when we signed on board with them. If you use our promo code USP at checkout, you're gonna save yourself twenty five percent off your order right off the bat. So you're going in buying a pair of either blue light glasses, sunglasses, whatever it may be. For just 75% of what they're actually worth. And they have their rewards program where you can earn Hawk points. For every dollar you spend, you earn a Hawk point. And that just goes towards site credit to get yourself some more Tomahawk shades. But if you use the promo code USP at checkout, save yourself 25% off of a quality product for an affordable price. They're doing it big time. And uh, shout out to our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Awesome. I will have to look into that because my girlfriend has been asking me for a pair of blue light glasses. I will definitely so you send go. you the link once we finish uh, recording Can't this. wait. <laughs> uh, obviously, with Major League Baseball still not playing and things being frozen, I think the biggest off-season issue and just paused season issue Phillies fans have had is the entire thing when free agency hits and JT Real Muto becomes a free agent. Uh, when things, if things, resume... Do you think the Phillies get something done with JT? Um, it is really hard to say. I'm not going to lie. Um, we are looking at 
and I hate, hate, hate to use this word, but we are looking at an unprecedented, yes, I know it's overused right now, but an unprecedented free agency period coming up uh, when the season is over. Um, so I, you know, if I'm looking at JT Realmuto, or if I am JT Realmuto, and I just had, you know, a four to five war season behind the plate, and, you know, they sh- are apparently going to play baseball this year. I don't know how that is going to shape up. But, um, you know, if he does end up having another season to tack on as successful uh, as last year's was to tack on to that, you know, his price tag is going to be hefty. Uh, he's he's only 29 years old, going to go into his 30-year-old season next year, I think. Uh, and, you know, he's going to be worth a pretty penny. Now, that said, I don't think, and I stand by this, I've said this since the beginning, I don't think the Phillies would have traded somebody like Sixto Sanchez, who is so obviously a top-tier prospect that is going to, you know, succeed in the majors from every evaluation I've seen. Uh, you know, I don't think they trade a guy like that, especially when they need starting pitching, for one year worth of JT Real Muto. Uh, I don't even think they do it for two years. I don't think they do it for three years. I think this is a guy that they knew that they had to get and who would be their catcher for the foreseeable future. Uh, And while I'm sure he's going to come at a bit of a premium price, you know, the the Phillies have, in pure contract value alone, they have $61.5 coming off the books next year because they're losing D-Rob, they're losing Didi, they're losing JT, and they're losing Jake Arrieta. So, um you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be enough money to keep him around. Now, that said, uh, if they choose to go over the tax, I mean, that's just another $40 million upwards of, you know, $40 million when when they go to sign free agents. So if they choose to go over the tax, it doesn't really look like a big deal. That said, if they're giving JT, you know, upwards of $30 million a year, uh, which I, personally I don't know if that's how much they'll give him, but that's how much – the inflation of the market would suggest he's going to get, um, you know, that's going to be half of their already, you know, big, but shortened payroll. Uh, also a concern to be had is that, you know, this off season is probably going to mirror what two years ago's off season was like, if not even worse. I mean, clubs are already not making any money and they're going to be really hesitant to spend money to, you know, sign more and more free agents whether the Phillies are going to take advantage of that I don't know uh they sure did when you know Jake Arrieta was a free agent they got him for you know probably a I don't know half not half but you know a a, a lesser price than he would have been worth on that still you know, ended fully up being open too market. much <laughs> yeah I know but <laughs> who cares you know it's over it's done it's it's gone it's yes. in the past after you know this season so you know it's definitely going to be interesting uh i don't know where the phillies are at financially right now i don't know it's it's so hard to say because we have no information i mean had this been a regular season we would assume sure like somewhere halfway through the season they're probably going to sign him to an extension but we have no idea so do i think they should absolutely do i think they will i truly have no idea i can't give a definite answer and I feel like with a guy like JT, who we know is so close with Bryce and was brought in here before Bryce Harper was signed, uh, I don't think you want to piss off your franchise guy and, Absolutely and not. let one of his best friends in the game walk away after you dealt 
you know, like you said, Sixto Sanchez to get him here. And I think that was a, a major catalyst in Bryce Harper's, you know, decision making as well, seeing, you know, the Phillies do whatever it takes to to get quality players onto this roster. They have to come to some sort of agreement with JT uh, so that they don't look like, you know, for lack of a better term, a laughingstock for giving up a premium prospect like that for one season of the best catcher in baseball. True. And, you know, you have to remember, they also have guys like Kutch who are very vocal Mm -hmm. when it comes to these negotiations uh, that are going on right now. I mean, he's he's every proposal that's submitted. He's laughed at it. He's made videos about it. He's, you know, so he's he's very uh, adamant about being on the player's side of things. And if the Phillies refuse to pay, you know, arguably one of the best players on their team, you know, (laughs) that's not going to make anybody in the clubhouse feel very good. Uh, especially when there's no uh, there's no obvious successor to him, um, so you know I I think it has to get done. I, I really do, and I think the fans will be upset. And I'm not saying operate by what the fans think, but the fans will be upset if it doesn't happen. And uh, that that includes me. I include myself mm-hmm. in that group because I will be very upset. Because you know who, who's who's going to fill those shoes? Those are massive shoes to fill. You lose a bat in the middle of your order, one of the one of if not the best defensive catcher in baseball. I mean, come on. It, it has to get done. Yeah, they have to make that happen and something else that is still not happening is baseball and obviously Ugh. everybody knows these uh back and forth negotiations or uh lack thereof have uh, you know, just continued to go and the players association uh yesterday said we're done. We're not countering and now it's in uh, Rob Manfred's hands, essentially. But uh, what are your thoughts on these ongoing uh, return-to-play negotiations with the Players Association and the owners? It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's I, I don't think there's another side you can take. Um, you know, these are basically these rich billionaire people mm-hmm. are trying to tell baseball players, and not just, you know, the ones making millions and millions and millions of dollars, but the ones that are making, you know, five figures or six figures if they're on, you know, they're on the 40-man. They're, they're making $500,000, which, yes, is a livable, livable salary, but prorated, that's nothing. So, uh, or, or, you know, cut, cut down, that's, that's arguably nothing, especially for, you know, guys that are already living, you know, they don't have any money coming in right now. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at a, a situation where they're they're trying to ask guys to play 72 games, or at least this is the, the most to-date proposal. They're asking guys to play 72 games, and they're only going to pay them for 50. Now, why would anybody? That's like, you know, you go in, you, you, you talk to your boss, and you're like, hey, uh, you know, I want to work these days of the next, you know, two months. And they'll say, okay, uh, you suggested eight days, and I'll only pay you for five of them. But you can still come in and work. Mm-hmm. Like. Why? Why would anyone want to do that? Why? Like, I I don't understand the rationale here behind, you know, wanting to pay guys for less than they're worth. And the Cardinals GM came out and said, you know, oh well, baseball isn't a very profitable sport. Are you kidding me? This is a billion, billion, billion dollar industry. I mean, they have to. There has to be some kind of compromise made here even though the mlbpa is not you know negotiating anymore there has to be a compromise made internally within the owner's circle because otherwise 
if you think there's not going to be a strike next year, you're you're very very wrong. I mean, the the bargaining agreement's up next year, and and you know players are not going to stand by and let the owners you know puppeteer them. They're just not going to do that, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't have to. So you know. There has to be a compromise made here. Otherwise, we could be looking at no baseball in 2021 either, which would suck. <laughs> Big time. Um, yep. And you look at, like you said, you know, they proposed the 72, but they're only going to pay them for 50. Um, you just look at the ramifications, even if they were to go and pay them for 50, play 50 that's not normal for baseball. And a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, every game would matter. It'd be, you know, high octane baseball and everything. That's not how baseball's played. You know, you have to think of the long term what that would do to some of these pitchers arms. If they're pitching, you know, however many games it would be in a 50 game season, how long are they going to pitch? You know, it's going to reset a lot of tendencies that these guys have. And how is that going to affect guys on rosters in the long term? If they play this, you know, nitrous season essentially of 50 games totally and if you look at you know the nl east through 50 games last year the phillies would have been on top and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but also they obviously were not on top after a 162 game season so not only is it kind of a a, a skewed viewing of a baseball season but like anybody that wins the world series this year if it is 50 games you know there's going to be just a major black mark next to any accomplishment they make. I mean, if the Phillies were to go, you know, 50 and 0 this season, they'd be like, well, you know, that's great, but it was only 50 games. So it wasn't really a real season and you can't really, you know, so whatever happens, it's not like people are going to take it at face value anyway. So you might as well just play as many games as you can because in the overall sense of things, if it is just a third of a season, it's not like it's going to matter anyway. I mean, people are going to watch it and people are going to like it, but will it matter in the long run? Probably not. So it's just so frustrating. It is so frustrating to see these guys with full pockets try and demand that, you know, these players that aren't all making a ton of money, you know, that they take less than they're worth. It's, it's demeaning. And those players are the ones that have to go out and actually be in contact with people. These owners and do the work. Yeah, these owners can sit in the the comfort of their homes and not see a single one of these games in person. Exactly. That I think is the most frustrating part too. Is that these owners are are so out of touch with the fact that these players literally have to go and and risk getting sick if somebody yep. does get infected with the coronavirus. So. They need to figure that out. The other news that has come out with the Phillies as of yesterday uh, was in this long thread um, from Joe Rivera from the Sporting News. Uh, oh, obviously, God. with the the Yankees uh, sealed envelope that's being demanded to be opened, Joe went and named the Phillies as one of uh, four other teams that were using different methods of sign stealing. Now, if this was during... You know, 2016, when there were no rules in place and the Phillies were, were doing this, they were really bad at it. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole situation with the Yankees, Rangers, Royals, and our Phillies being named uh, in using some sort of method of sign stealing? If you think the 96 lost Phillies, 
even if they did steal signs, if you think that played any part of the success, and I put that in major air quotes, that they saw in 2016, which they didn't see any success in 2016. I mean, the best, their best hitter, I'm looking at their stats right now, their best hitter was Cesar Hernandez with a 106 OPS+. Plus. Oh, my God. The most home runs a guy on the team hit was Mike Alfranco with 25. My guy. I mean, <laughs> and, and oh, how, how dare I forget, Ryan Howard, who hit 25 home runs and hit a 196 clip with his batting average, striking out 114 times. I mean, if you think in any capacity that either helped them or they even implemented it to begin with, you are out of your mind. I mean, if they really had an edge with sign stealing of any kind, it would have reflected in the numbers at least. Because, I mean, some of these guys were not bad players. I mean, you got Cesar Hernandez, like I said, just signed, what, an $8 million deal with the Indians. Freddie Galvis, who's with the Reds. Uh, for for two years, Michael Franco even had interest with the Royals. I mean, these are guys that are not bad hitters by any means, and I won't even mention Odubel Herrera, who had a decent season. Uh, you know, these are, these are guys that weren't bad players by any means. But <laughs> if you think that you know they knew what was coming, you're dead wrong. I mean, this is <laughs> you've got. Uh, was Aaron Altair, was he coming off his good season here? I can't even remember anymore. It, you've got, oh no, he was just about to hit it. That was in 2017, right? Yes. Um, so it, if you think sign stealing would have helped them, if you think they implemented it, they lost 96 games. Get over it. Like, Come on, <laughs> even man. Even if it you, did happen, they've already been punished enough. You, you, like, let, let it go. You got to recognize that Jimmy Paredes wasn't hitting four home runs without those signs dealing. You're right. Okay. <laughs> I give up. You're right. I concede the fact that Darren Rupp would have never seen the career he did in Korea had it not been for sign stealing when he hit 205 as a 29 year old in 2016. I'm sorry. Hey You're man, right. They cheated. Don't Punish for, him. Don't forget about Peter Borges' power surge. Five home runs. And you know what? Honestly, Roman Quinn probably wouldn't have gotten hurt were they stealing signs. True. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, <laughs> this is this is they have my my take on this. They've been punished enough. Let it yeah. let it go. Let it go. I was <laughs> I was stunned to see that they were named in this. Um, but overall, with with the Yankees, what do you think of this? After you know they were so vocal with. The Astros and not saying what the Astros did was was any better, but what do you, what are your thoughts overall with the Yankees being kind of the the forefront of this new report? I mean, if any any part of this is true, I think all teams named should be punished in some form, uh, including the Phillies. I mean, I have you know I I am a Phillies fan through and through. I have been one uh, since before I was a writer, since before I was anything. I've always been a Phillies fan, but I still think that you know everybody should receive equal punishment. Now, if the Yankees really did implement this during, you know, the playoffs during the regular season, obviously that's a little more of a, uh, of a problem. Uh, and I think there should be significant consequences, especially if it supersedes what the Astros did. Uh, so I think all of this should be investigated. I think if it is now considered illegal, it needs to be squashed. You need to do something big so that it can be squashed forever there's never a problem with this ever again um so you know if the phillies were part of it punish him 
if the Yankees were part of it, punish them. If the Royals, right, it was Royals and Royals one and other Rangers. team. And Rangers. If they were part of it, I mean, come on, though. The Royals and the Rangers in 2016, like, oh, it's ridiculous. I think I think it is absolutely crazy that, you know, maybe these names are correct, and if they are, great. But, you know, the Royals were, I think they were, like, below 500 or at 500 in 2016. Um, I think the Rangers were somewhere around there. They might have been better at that point. I don't remember. I, I don't have the, the stats in front of me, but come on. Like, this is obviously, it might be true for the Yankees, but the Yankees are always good. So we don't know. So let the report go. Like, let it, let, you know, investigators do what they will with it. And when they have the findings... And take action based on that. But from what I'm seeing reflected in the numbers, I don't think the Phillies were stealing signs. I don't know about the Yankees, but I'm pretty positive the Phillies were not. Yeah, so the Royals in 2016 were 81-81, and 81, and the Texas Rangers finished first in the AL West at 95-67. and 67. Oh, well, I take that back. Maybe the Rangers did something there. Uh, but I do know that the Royals... That was the start of their, because 2015 was like their peak. Yes. And then they declined, and they declined fast. Uh, so I can't remember where the Rangers would have gone in 2018, but or, or 2017. Mind. Uh, but I, I just can't see it. I, I don't see it. I don't know about the Yankees, uh, but I, I don't see any of these three teams, you know, being a real threat when it comes to sign stealing. Interesting part about the Rangers in 2016. That was uh, Rugnet Odor's massive 33 home run, oh, 88 no. RBI season. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. And was, let me see. All right, I'm looking him up. I'm looking him up. There was Nomar Mazzara. He, he had a pretty good year. Mitch Ian Moreland. Desmond. Oh, God. Please, I don't want Adrian Beltre to be accused of anything bad. I love Adrian Beltre. I don't know. Who's to say? We <laughs> we have no idea. Although, Cole Hamels did have a really good year for them that year. That he wow. did. 3.32 ERA, 200 innings. I don't know. It, either way, whatever happens, you know, let the report come out. Let investigators do their work. And if things come back that, you know, should not be coming back, then punish them. Punish everybody. Just do it. Yeah. And make, make it clear that this is not okay. Totally agree. Uh, are you still bandwagoning with the KBO? I am. I, I'm still keeping up. Uh, it's hard to, to tweet about it because I'm trying to look for Philly's relevant things. And, you know, it's only so often that Dan Straley is pitching every five days or, you know, Dave Buchanan or, uh, you know, Ben Lively's hurt. So it's only so often that something happens. But I am keeping up with it. I'm trying. Do you think we see Matt Harvey in the KBO anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got interest from teams. I, honestly, I really thought that the Phillies would uh, be on him a little bit more this offseason as kind of a, a, a minor league target uh, for the bullpen because he still has not had a fair shake out of a major league bullpen, and I think you know that is a pretty good spot for him. Sure, he's, he's pretty fragile when it comes to injuries now, but... I think the guy still has gas in the tank. I don't think a guy goes from elite to terrible uh, without there being a, a bit of a hitch. So I think, you know, somebody's got to give him a shot, whether that's a Korean team or a Major League Baseball team. So I hope so. That'd be great. The Dark Knight Rises 2 starring Matt Harvey. 
coming, oh, yeah, coming to a mound near you. Uh, That'd be sweet. One last thing I have for you, because we all know the show uh, Entourage has relations to our Philadelphia Phillies. Sure, uh, sure. Jeremy Piven, Ari Gold. Uh, apparently, Zoom is now doing uh, cameo calls, and Jeremy Piven <laughs> is signed up for it. So, uh, Alex Carr, you, you can get all of your good fight pals uh, on a 10-minute Zoom call with Jeremy Piven to talk and, and have a virtual meet and greet for the, the shallow price of $15,000. Oh, my. Um, well. Uh, $15,000 for well, 10 minutes. We did just donate uh, a sum of money to the Philly Bail Fund. Uh, we raised we raised some money as a as a company with our with all of our people, and uh, we we donated. So uh, funds are running uh, not quite in the fifteen thousand dollar range. But you know what? If any of you out there want to go ahead and do that, I would love to join. Uh, give me the link. Shoot it to me. Shoot it to my email. I'd love to join you. Uh, but for $15,000, I think I'm okay. I don't I'm know right. what company or what human in their right mind <laughs> has just $15,000 laying around, especially right there are now. There people out there. To there have are people out there. Well, yeah, especially now. You're Jeremy right. Piven jump in a 10-minute Zoom call. Jeremy Piven of all people. <laughs> like, like, if you were going to say, like, I don't know. It's not like it's uh, Shane Victorino. If you were going to resurrect Babe Ruth. Right, and like you know, put him on a Zoom call. Hell yeah! Like I'd love to talk to him. I'd pay fifteen grand for that. I mean, that's probably you know gonna put me in the doghouse, but I, I would I would love to. But for Jeremy Piven, uh, I'll buy him lunch. Right. I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I'll give him I'll give him some amount of money, but not fifteen k. Sorry. Absolutely insane. Alex Although, Carr. The Phillies could do that. The Phillies could do that yes. and sign him uh, as an undrafted free agent. He is what, like in his fifties now? But uh, he's fifty-four. There, well, there so, you I go. Mean, I mean, Jamie Moyer levels of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Give him a shot. Uh, one last thing that also popped in my head: Bryce Harper was yes, on uh, outside the lane with Lane Johnson, saying that if baseball doesn't happen, he's going to uh, sign a one-year contract with the Eagles to play fullback and linebacker. Good. I'm Good all about him. it. Go get it. I mean, he's he's fierce enough. That that guy is uh, he's intimidating. <laughs> so Plus, he's I, got an arm. Go you know, it's it's oh it's, yeah. You got Carson Wentz, maybe Jalen Hurts, and Bryce Hart, three quarterback system hey, on the field at the, the same time. The perfect guy to sign to like a one day contract and do a Philly special. Yes, perfect guy. Perfect. Make it happen. <laughs> uh alex Carr, you are the absolute best let everybody know oh, where that. they can uh check out all your stuff with the good fight follow you on twitter and uh everything you're doing with uk phillies as well you can find me on twitter at alex Carr mlb uh you can find us at the good fight uh on twitter at either the good fight or at the uh we are doing our best to get back into the swing of things because god knows life without baseball is pretty awful um, but we're we're making some headway, and you can find UK Phillies at UK Phillies on Twitter, uh, and also at our brand new website UKPhillies.com, uh, and you can listen to our most recent podcast that we just put out yesterday, uh, where we also talked more about the draft and more about a whole uh, myriad of things. So please do that.
<laughs> definitely check it out. If you're not following Alex on Twitter, you're doing Twitter wrong. Uh, <laughs> he's one of the best Phillies follows out there and uh, doing some damn good things for the good fight. You're the absolute best, man. We have to make this uh, a more often occurrence for you to hop on the show and talk baseball because this is way too much fun. All about it, sir. Always. Thanks for having me. Big shout-out to the homie Alex Carr for hopping on to talk some MLB draft and all things baseball. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at AlexCarrMLB. And make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. You can check me out on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Get us up to 300 total, and you'll hear my beautiful voice reading all of those reviews once again for part two of reading the reviews. And uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And we'll catch you guys on Wednesday, more than likely with Matt via FaceTime. And uh, soon enough, Matt's going to be back in the studio doing our two live shows every single week. You guys are the best. And a big shout out to everybody for coming out to our donation charity stream for the Know Your Rights camp with Dom and myself. Um, We raised almost $300. Our goal was $500, but to get to, you know, three-fifths of our goal, pretty damn awesome. Shout out to the amazing people that donated. means a lot to us. And uh, we're going to keep being the the change that this world needs to see and needs from so many people. So uh, big shout out as well to our local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our kick-ass merch provider, DesignTree, DSGNTree.com. Use the promo code DSGN10 to save yourself $10 off at checkout. And of course, Tomahawk Shades, use our promo code USP at checkout to save yourself 25% off your order. We'll be back on Wednesday, like I said. Make sure you guys stay safe, do the right things, be kind to one another. And uh, this has been episode number 243 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Again, big shout out to Alex Carr for hopping on the show. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. We are signing off. Peace.